Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Say, I'm your host, Jana Ali. And before I start this podcast, I just want to say that I'm really excited about the current climate that I feel like is, that I feel is happening in London, especially with young people, um, with all the activism and all the passion to bring more awareness. The other day you saw all of the climate protesters and then the next day, um, my boyfriend and his family were raising money for the homeless. And then yesterday I went to a spoken word um, event that was talking about mental health and dealing with death and stuff like that. And today we're gonna be talking um, about something that I've been learning about for like three years now. Um, I'm really passionate about it. And I'm just, I just wanted to say I'm really happy about the, the kind of heat and the tension that's rising in this city right now. Cause I feel like it's very important. So three years ago, um, in August 2016, I stumbled across um, a young lady on YouTube called Claire Wineland. And the video I stumbled across was called Dying 101. This title immediately brought me in because I've always had this constant desire to understand life and death and uh, everything around it and how other people perceive it. So she was really intriguing and her honesty and her vulnerability is what really made me want to watch her, continue to watch her and almost feel like a need to watch her. Um, Claire had CF, cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic disorder um, that I wasn't familiar with at the time. I had heard her name um, and I'd heard the, the name of the, di the disorder, but I uh, never really knew what it entailed. So from what I understand, CF is a disorder where your body produces sticky mucus in your organs. This, this comes with really intense treatment and a shorter life expectancy, which people are beating every single day. So unfortunately, Claire passed away in September 2018, but she left behind such a powerful legacy uh, that made everyone change their perception of life and death. She touched me so much that when I heard the news, I actually cried because uh, I felt like I kind of knew her in a sense. It was, she showed so much and she was so vulnerable that I, I felt like I knew a little bit of her life. Um, so I actually cried. Um, and she really changed the way I saw life and death. And um, after like a few months, I attended this gold work class in London. I think it was like in March. And there I met Grace and I feel like we immediately connected and then when I followed you on social media I learned that she also has Sia um, and just like Claire she possesses this zest for life and has an ability to change people's perspective on living with an illness and I wanted to bring her on today to help educate on a subject that I had little information about until Claire and hopefully it can bring some sort of awareness. So hi, Grace. Hi. Um, you can introduce yourself and give us your age and what you do. Um, my name is Grace Cox. Um, I'm 22 years old. Um, I've just graduated from university and I was diagnosed with CF at uh, three years old. Okay. Yeah. Three years old? Yeah. Okay. So for people who don't know what CF is, what is it in, for your description of it? How would you describe it to people? Um, it's a genetic condition which affects... Uh, both the pancreas and the lungs. Um, so the pancreas, I have to take enzymes, which are called creons, with every meal so I can digest food. Okay. Because I can't absorb fat. So I don't put on weight very easily. Oh, I so see. So that's why I, I always get called skinny, because I can't put on weight easily. But um, also lung conditions, so I produce a lot of mucus in my lungs, and I have to do physio and a lot of antibiotic treatment to try and clear it. Oh, my God. Because on, the only way I could describe it is normal lungs, you can... 
if you're ill, you can get past the barrier. I've got a barrier on my lungs and physically the mucus just gets blocked every time. So that's why I keep producing and I get ill very easily. A common cold is so easy for me to get so ill. Really? So I have to be very careful if friends are ill, I have to stay away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And how's your health now? Because I know um, you were in the hospital. About a month ago, I was right. in the hospital for two weeks. Um, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better, stronger. I've just been concentrating on my health more recently. Yeah, yeah okay. And you mentioned um, before this podcast, um, CF-related diabetes. I was never, I'd never heard of like, I've heard of cystic fibrosis, but never in the relation of diabetes. I never knew they were connected. Yeah. So what is that and how does it occur? So um, 30% of CF patients uh, get CF-related diabetes. So uh, basically... We can't stop it, but the CF causes us to, uh, the sugars in our system and everything, we just, we can't stop our sugars affecting, because on our lungs, if we get sugary uh, stuff on our lungs, the bacteria love it, so that makes us get ill more quickly, so 30% of us get ill more because of it, so that's why a lot of us get diabetes. My brother also has CF, he doesn't have diabetes. But yeah, a lot of but people. You, do you I have, have it. Okay. I was diagnosed a year and a half ago. So I was getting ill for about four years, didn't realise that it was more linked to my diabetes issue. I was just didn't realise my sugars were so high. So oh And in the last year, I don't think I was checking my sugars as regularly. So now I'm on insulin with every meal because, yeah. Wow. So let's rewind it a bit. So okay. you were diagnosed at three? Diagnosed at three years old at CF, yeah. But CF is something that you're is it born yes with? genetically yeah okay so my parents uh so every uh one in 25 people in the whole, whole world have this have the chromosomes okay. and, and um that's quite a lot one yeah in 25. yeah so if your two parents have it there's a 25 percent chance that i will have cf and a 50 percent chance that i'll be a carrier so what my parents are they're carriers of the gene did they know that they had the gene no oh, okay. so uh there was people in my family that they weren't aware of later on, but had died like distant cousins years ago. But um, CF has only been like discovered as such and like named as what it is like 30 years ago. Wow. So it's only recently, like, I was very lucky and fortunate I came after it was like found. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. 30 years ago is not a long time. No, and I'm only 22 now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That is actually crazy. Yeah, so like 30 years ago. What luck, though. Like, can you imagine, like, people before 30 years yeah. had, like, no treatment, no help? Yeah, they would have just, I don't know, they just struggled. I mean, so is there a way that you can test for the gene? Yeah, it's a sweat test. Okay. So everyone, even, I bet you probably had it, every baby when they're born has a sweat test usually. Okay. And um, it's a prick of the heel on their toe or the toe. Oh, I think I've seen Yeah, that. I remember I had it done and I, yeah, the... Yeah, everyone has to have it basically done. But it do, some people don't have the sweat test done it just, somehow in the so system. at that point where you had it done when you were a baby, was that when you f- found out or was it before then and it never got? No, I think I just didn't have the sweat test till later because they saw signs that I was super underweight for a three-year-old. I wasn't gaining any weight, getting really ill. And also um, with CF, it causes bowel issues. So I was struggling to go to the toilet. Like, yeah. I was just getting really ill and... They didn't know why, and then that's when they realised. So you mentioned your brother has CF. Yes. Yeah, so, so did they know? After I was diagnosed, they checked my brother, who was extremely fat, for a baby, so they didn't think like he would have CF. 
because he, he was just so chubby he was a chubby baby he was yeah. quite lucky in that sense <laughs> yeah yeah he had, he had the ripples i never had that but, um yeah he was 18 i think he was like 18 months old yeah oh, so he's younger than yeah he's slightly younger yeah yeah, he looks older because he's quite tall. I, I always thought he was older. Yeah. When we were texting back and forth, because we, we spoke before this, yeah. um, you had said that CF um, patients, they they have to pay for their own treatments unless you have CF with diabetes. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. So to me, that's crazy. It's really crazy. So like if you have diabetes generally, like anyone, you just get treatment for free. So I had to wait until last year to actually get my treatments. I mean, the doctor said it as it's your silver lining of getting diabetes or getting glasses diabetes. How does someone afford it? Is it expensive? Yeah, so people go, like in America, I know it's even worse with the health system. So they have to miss treatments, they can't afford it. So, you know, you get a lot worse and more ill. But why do you think that, like, I mean, okay, from a medical business standpoint, I see why they might charge for it, even though I don't think morally it's correct. I yeah. think that's actually quite disgusting. Yeah. In a sense where because, we'll, and we'll get to life expectancy, oh, yeah. but because a life expectancy is quite shorter than the average person, that they know that they'll be having to fund for a lifetime. But yeah. to me, that's not an excuse. I feel like if you're paying your taxes and you're living in a country that provides free healthcare, you deserve it just as much as anyone else. I think the government and everything just doesn't class as um, something that they need to prioritise as much in right. times of... I mean, they give medication for free up until you're 18. So that, yeah, that's other thing. But once you get after the 18 years old, you're sort of left to your own devices. And once you're out of a student situation, then you have to... Be, it's like... Even though you're not paying as much as like, because I know my treatments cost over a hundred thousand pounds a year. Oh my god! Like one one month for my antibiotics is like a few thousand pounds at least, and like the, all the equipment, thousands of pounds. But in terms of what we have to provide, we ha- if we have to pay for it, it's about two hundred pounds a year, which may not sound a lot, but like to have to pay for your own treatments is just quite for something you didn't choose. Yeah, for something you never even chose. Yeah. It's quite ridiculous really. Yeah. And it's quite a burden because who wants a burden of like having to pay this money as well as having to pay for a lot of other things like you have to if you're too tired you have to get Ubers everywhere. Right. You have to pay for more transport. You can't walk everywhere. So it's not just the medical Yeah, there's that you're a bigger for. there's a bigger thing right. of CF. You have to pay for more food, you have to eat more. Right. As well, so it's a lot more stuff, a lot more yeah, it's a lot more to So that. why does it make a difference if you have cystic fibrosis with diabetes? Because if you have diabetes, you get it free. So because I'm classed as diabe- diabetic now, I get it free. So that's the only way I can get it free. Do you get your diabetic medicine for everything. free? Or ev- everything. So that's the silver lining. Oh. I mean, I'm not to... Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, it's like another I health mean, condition. I but. mean, just out to my tick list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you, for example, if if you are paying for them by yourself and you can't afford to pay for your next treatment, how does that affect your condition? Uh, you just go downhill and then you rely on the government for healthcare to go into hospital. To, so it's a sort it's of a cycle. That, like it doesn't cycle. really work. Yeah, I don't think I don't. That's think the problem though, it. because I feel like a lot of the time there's not much preventative measures in any sort of condition that has yeah. taken place so that we don't have to use the facilities like the hospitals and stuff like that it's just a massive flaw in the system to um, be honest and exactly you know um, i never mentioned you know gordon brown his son has cystic fibrosis really yeah and he was the prime minister four year, uh, four four terms ago mm. so like 12 years ago and it never got raised only the cf community knew but 
I, th- I feel like that could have been a good chance for CF to be like broadened and talked about. Because like Theresa May has diabetes, she hid it under her sleeve as well. That's the other thing. It's like, I feel like if you're in that position of power, mm. you should use it wisely. Well, this is the thing. And this is what I was talking about on the last one. When it comes to any sort of awareness, yeah. it seems to be that the people with the power don't want to use it for- want to hide. Yeah, it's almost like they see it as more of a disadvantage yeah. than- But they will relate to everyone more and people will accept right, them more. yeah, exactly. Like, Teresa, if she had just told everyone what she had in her arm, because I, I was terrified. I've got a disc in my arm for diabetes now and it's checking my blood sugar because I was terrified to get it because I thought it was awful. I thought it was something to hide. I thought it was a massive thing and it would be such a thing I would- be uncomfortable being in front of people with yeah. because she had that under a jacket no one saw it until the doctor showed me three months ago and really? now I've, it's the best thing I've ever had I don't understand it it's crazy I think also like what they see is to be too vulnerable is like a lack of strength yeah and I can see because obviously Teresa she's a female prime minister and already the country's doubting her just based on her gender yes I think to just show vulnerability for her is just not an option which is wrong because yeah probably making her more vulnerable okay she'll lose a lot of people but she'll gain this substantial amount of people at the same time um so not long ago um i was really excited to watch the justin baldoni movie i don't know if anyone has seen it it's really really good it's called five feet apart and i didn't realize that concept at all that that to okay you explain it because i'll probably butcher it um, so basically, do you want me to tell the film version of what it's about? Yeah, yeah. sure. So the film is called Five Feet Apart. So it's, it's a beautiful two, film. Yeah, so you've got these two, two people in hospital that are sort of, uh, they met and they really, they like each other. Yeah. But because of cystic fibrosis, they're sort of, they're not allowed near. Because CF, you're, it's a rule is six feet apart, mm. so three metres. That's the generic rule, you can't get near. Because you're going to cross-contaminate both ways. So if is one, it for only two people that have CF? Or yeah, is it for anyone? just for CF is the is the rule. We can't go near another. I'm, I've never met another CF patient except my brother. So, so you and your brother do you? Oh yeah, because because you can't really. I've heard of stories where siblings never they have to be not around each other. But like me and my brother, I think it's a different concept. Right. But well, yeah, I couldn't see him for six months because I had a bug actually recently but that's the only time I've not been able to see him yeah. but yes yeah, so, so five feet apart uh in hospital and the only way to communicate was through like messaging online and that must get quite lonely yeah so when I was in hospital actually mm-hmm. uh a month ago you're all in these confined rooms right. and you can't come out of them and you always have you can walk past them but I feel like up until a few years ago until social media it's not like I just for other CF patients, I just was like, stay away. Like, I was terrified. I like, every time I go to even hospital, I'm terrified because I don't know who has CF. Because we're not allowed to have badges on saying, oh, I have CF. Oh, you're not. So I have to judge everyone. Like, you have CF, you have everyone. Would it not be safer? Yeah, I was like, even a wristband that's right? yellow. Because, yeah. like, CF trust is yellow. I was thinking, a yellow wristband, anything to just so I feel a bit calmer. Because when I've gone with friends to my hospital appointments or blood takings, they're terrified for me. Because, like, if I'm near someone, I get seriously ill. And it's not your fault, even if yeah. you were to contaminate someone yes, else. Yeah, like... it's so quick and so easy to happen. Oh my gosh. So, like, it's crazy, but... Because, like, I know, like, when I want to relate to, like, my community or, or a certain community that I'm a part of, the best way I can do that is to be around them. Mm. And so to be in a community where you can't be around well, each other... Well, it's really interesting, actually. Before it was all diagnosed and everything 30 years ago, like, the condition, what it was... 
they used to, like in the 50s, they put all the CF patients on an island and they thought putting them together would help it. But it actually made everyone worse and like loads of people died and everything. It was like a big thing. Oh my God, that sounds like a nightmare. They yeah. put everyone on an island. island. <laughs> it just sounds a bit like a concentration camp. Yeah, yeah it, it kind horrible. of does. Yeah, it like, kind of does. Like you're, you've got CF, you have to go on this place because of it. Like yeah. You're put in the shame corner, basically. Oh my gosh. So do you have friends with CF? Uh, n- I know people, I've never... Because it's so hard, like, do I class them as friends because I've never met right, them? Right, yeah. Um, I'd say acquaintances more because I've only ever met them online. But when I went to school, there was I was the first person ever in my school to ever have CF, somehow, in the 50 years. Like, no one's ever had it. Um, and then when I went to school, my brother had it as well, two years later, and a boy in his class also had it. And one thing that actually happened, he was in A-levels, and this other boy arrived, sat down next to my brother for, like, six months until they had to do something in their biology lesson and say what medical... I don't know. They had to say what medical history they had. And he put cystic fibrosis. And my brother was collecting all around and he saw it and realised this boy had it as well. And, like, my brother... And they'd been sitting next to each other. Yeah, and it was this big, like... I won't name the school, but, like, this big commotion at the school. And they had to be separated for the whole, like, two years of A-levels at separate sides of the room. Because it's not fair if one, like, doesn't do well in their grades because they can't be in the room because of CF. Yeah, of course. So they had to be separated, like, at least six metres and everything. But, yeah... That's crazy. And, like, in corridors, you have to go in a different direction. So could you estimate three metres or six metres? I just say as far away as possible, like... I'm saying probably pass, yeah, I could, from your judgment room, I'd say, yeah, I could judge it. Oh my gosh, that must be... It's like a barrier. Yeah, it's just, it's so mind-blowing because this is something that no one... Realises. Realises. I never even realised this. Like, I guess it's because I never, I never was really educated on this topic and then when I was I never processed what would happen if two CFers were in the room together let alone one because I've never met one like you're the only person yeah my mum did really well with me and my brother going to hospital appointments growing up like she was like Grace Jack do not go even if you want to play don't play with the kids like because like that must have been crazy like in hospital we had these I remember seeing it was awful like I remember these teenagers I was 10 and they were outside their cubicle rooms like your pods of rooms that you're in and they were just cr- sitting together like in a huddle because they could relate because they all had CF. The nurses can't do anything. You can't force a kid to not leave and separate. So like, I, I guarantee they're not in a good condition now or they, you know, oh, or they're no. worse. Because like, it, it's inevitable if you're in that situation. It must be really hard. I mean... Yeah, mentally, like men- mentally, it's like a thing that people don't discuss as well. It's like the burden of it all, the medications, like... It's over three hours, for me personally, it's over three hours of treatments a day. Yes, I was going to ask you, so what what do your treatments entail? So I have to wake up, I have to take antibiotic tablets, I then have to do uh, hypotonic saline, it's like uh, salty water. Okay. So like salty water is great for CF because it like, it makes you cough. When you're in the sea, like when you're in the sea and you swallow water, you cough. Yeah. So salty water, we're breathing in and we just cough it up, so it gets the mucus off our chest. And then we have to do, uh, I do AD, which is like um, a breathing exercise to try and raise the mucus off my chest to cough up easily. Or when I was a child, my parents used to do percussion on my chest, like a drum. Um, yeah, to try and rattle my chest to get the mucus, because when you're, when you're young, it's quite hard. And then I do antibiotic treatments of breathing in on these machines um, of colomycin or ASLI, which is a new treatment I'm on. And 
and then medication throughout the day of like vitamins and more antibiotic tablets and I do the same cycle in the evening of the inhalation every day day, like you you can't really miss a treatment you feel like the next day because like I missed this I I'm gonna put my hands up like last night I didn't do all my treatments because I was at a family gathering and like you have to you have to weigh up the pros and cons like you don't want it to affect your family life sometimes so you do I do allow it to myself not to do all the treatments but I try not to come to that but but yeah I I mean sometimes at university it was quite hard I had to step so late and get up so early like get up at 5am everyone's like why are you getting up so early but I'm like I can't get to uni unless I do two hours of treatments before is that how long it takes two hours yeah I'd say I give myself maximum two hours because there's other stuff to it but yeah it's a long time you are a strong person I can't even wake up an hour before (laughs) to get ready like that's madness it's just a routine I think once you get it you you sort of you fight it for your life so you gotta right you gotta do it like that's my that's my incentive is to stay as long as possible but how does that like take a mental toll on you because do you ever feel like not to put a downer but like it's not fair yeah and like why should I be doing yeah I used to I used to be quite almost angry at it until a few, until recently, I don't. I'm not angry at all. Like I was just angry that me and my brother, like, because all my cousins are carriers, which is an interesting thing. Like we were discussing earlier about like if you're a carrier or if you've got the genetic gene, like a lot of my family could have had it, but they just were like lucky on the one in four chance stage. But yeah, it's quite frustrating in the terms of also the diabetes. I'm like, why me? But then I'm like, I think I was not. <laughs> people probably think it's quite strange but I always think it was um I was meant to have it and like it was meant for me like there was like God like I'm quite religious in the sense of God wouldn't give it to me unless I could handle it I believe like CF I think every CF person out there knows it gives you a different outlook on life like you have so much more determination oh my god like I I don't think like my like my teachers I might recently saw some of them and they spoke to my mum and they were like I don't think Grace could have got the grade she got unless she had the CF already, because like she had so much determination. Like there's so much. Like it, it carries me more in life. It gives me more of a strength with everything. And you're so Power. like friendly and bubbly, and like every time like I've, I share something about success on social media, you're the first person to message me. It really like warms my heart. I, is that something you consciously work on, or is that something that you just feel you? Like you said, like CF was meant to be. Yeah, I feel like I just worked on it and like, yeah, CF, like I feel was meant, I was meant to have it in the sense, yeah. So yeah. That's really interesting. Cause like, so you know how you said your cousins are carriers? Mm Mm-hmm, quite a few of them. I have a lot of cousins as well. Like I have about 12 cousins and I'd say, uh, I think about eight of them got a carriers. Yeah, my aunts are carriers and uncles like. So do you know if that affects the people that they're gonna choose to yeah so they gotta ch- they, they gotta find out if their partner has it like so might they would that would change yeah their so some of my cousins have had kids and they've had to check and if they don't have it then they're fine they can have kids but if they don't or if they do they have to look at IVF or trying to find another way because otherwise you're on the risk of like your kids having CF and I wouldn't want to burden anyone with having it because like right. it's a hard condition to like have and like it, it it's a lifestyle change completely. Like, I don't think I would be doing what... I think I would have been doing something completely... I don't know what I would have been doing, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, it just... It definitely is a, a lifestyle change, and I think you have to be ready to do it. 
you can't get away with it and you can't ignore it. Yeah. Like, it's always, like, even though my parents and me don't discuss it that often, um, when we do, because growing up we did used to discuss it, like, it's always there. It's like the elephant in the room. You always know it's there. You always know that you have to do treatments now. Like, it's always... It's a lot of discipline as well. Yeah. For someone, like, for such a young age, for someone to learn that much discipline, because you you give yourself your own medicine. Yeah, so I I wasn't giving the power of that until I went to sort of... I, it's quite young to think about actually. I think I was like six years old going to school and having to take my own tablets and count like when I have um, creons that uh, enzyme tablets I have to guess it's a guessing game on like fat so every three grams of fat I take one tablet so I'm having to guess At like six years old yeah so like sandwiches I'd say about two or three creons and then chocolate about two grains. I have to guess it, and then if I get it wrong, I'll have bad tummy ache. That's my repercussion of getting it wrong. But yeah, so my how pa- did you learn? My parents, great, absolutely amazing. Like they're the best. I I think my parents have done so well for me and my brother to like discipline us to do our medications, to do our treatments, and to know like I don't. I was just thinking about now. I don't have a clue how I knew all this information so young. I think they must just have been got, incredible at maths. Yeah, yeah, I was good at maths actually. Yeah. The three times table, amazing. Oh my god, that's crazy! Like a six-year-old giving that, because like you yeah. can, like you're so easily influenced <laughs> at that age. Like it just takes one kid on the playground to be like, I dare you to take more than one, yeah. and you do it. You know what I mean? Well, like, the thing is, um, it was sort of hidden, so I was like, I wasn't allowed to do it in front of other kids. I had to go to the medical room and take it. And it was quite frustrating in the sense of having to hide it. Yeah. And when I went to secondary school, even, I was given the power. But it was a lot of my parents had to fight for it because, like, they wanted to give it to me. Like, the te- uh, the medical staff. But I was like, I'm, I'm 11 years old. I can do it. I've done and it. you probably know better than yeah. they do at this point. But I, yeah, for two years, I had to keep going to them. And, yeah, I, I was allowed to after year nine to do it myself. But I used to, I was so embarrassed, actually. I remember, like... Um, going to the toilets, I didn't want to do it in front of friends, so I used to go to toilets and take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. I wanted to hide it because I didn't think anyone would ever want to see. Like, because I can. I've. This is a record me and my brother have. I can take eighteen tablets with water on in one go. In one go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. How I, big are these tablets? Like. <laughs> I, I want to see this I'll keep talking because I was I was like I wasn't like a sick kid I had really really bad asthma as a child so I had asthma attacks every every night yeah so I'd be in the hospital every night because you know after you have an asthma attack even if you're fine you still have to go in because just in case it comes back and so I used to have to take 18 of those yeah are you crazy all right just for reference it's probably about it's like a paracetamol tablet size it's like two centimeter tablet yeah or one and a half centimeters that's crazy and it's like a capsule as well, so it's long. Yeah. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah, but you, when I was a kid, when I was a baby, my parents used to undo it, and there's like little balls the on the side. Oh, you and you have to swallow it, but you have to have water straight away, because it burns your throat. And I remember, yeah, I remember I was in McDonald's about eight years old with my brother, and there was these two other kids we saw with CF, and they were emptying the enzymes into their throat, and I just remember seeing them burning their throat. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. It's horrific. But yeah, if you get it wrong, like... I wouldn't oh my god it's so crazy I mean I'm not sure in terms of anyone else taking it I wouldn't recommend it because I don't know what it would do to you Uh, but one time I was at um, a Thanksgiving party a few years ago with American friends and like they they thought they didn't know what it was they were passing it around and like I was like they're my tablets (laughs) I can eat them to eat food yeah oh my gosh that's so crazy 
18. Yeah, 18. Please yeah. don't do that all at once. That sounds scary. No, that's, that's when you're like, got a good roast, you've got a pudding after. Like, that's why, I, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so mad. Okay, so um, the touchy subject. Okay, yeah. I know not a lot of people are comfortable talking about this. Personally, I'm quite religious like you, actually. Mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as a liberal religious person. So like, I, I have religion in me, but I'm liberal thinking. Yeah. I've always been intrigued with life and death. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my understanding of death is quite a peaceful understanding to the point where when people die, I don't really cry because unless it's something like Claire, where she really touched me, like if it's a family member, I don't tend to cry because I have this understanding that they're not gone yeah. and they're still there, but it's just, I'm gonna see you later kind of thing. Yeah. So I have no problem talking about it. And I know you discuss you have no problem talking <laughs> no, about it. I'm completely happy. So life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So people with CF have a shorter life expectancy. Because yeah. it's a degenerative, degenerative condition. So right. it makes your lung gets worse. Like, I mean, my lungs aren't as good as they used to be. My lung uh, function isn't as great as it used to be. So like for an average person, you have 100% lung function. Right. So I'm on, at the moment, 75%. I used to be 90-100%. But I can still get it back up there. Right, okay. So, so, like, I can improve it. But, yeah, your lung function can affect your life expectancy. So years ago, when my parents, when we were diagnosed, when I was three years old and my brother was 18 months, my parents were told we have a life expectancy of 25 years old, right. which isn't very old, to be and honest. And how old are you now? 22 years old. So that's, that's in three years' time. I know I'm going to put it past it. 100%. Like, easily. But that there's always a thing in the back of your mind, like, oh, yeah, that's not very much of a life, in a sense. So, at the moment, like, I've never told, I've never spoken to my parents about this. They'll probably hear it when they listen to this podcast, but I spoke to the doctors a year and a half ago. Because I was just like, you know, why have I, why have I always put it to the back of the room, like, back in my mind? Like, why have I ignored this thing? I want to know. Like, it's not like you have a certain life expectancy, but I want to know, just so I can face it head on. Oh, sorry, you didn't know? No, I didn't know my life expectancy now. So I was like, I want to know what the life expectancy of a CF patient is now, because I want to be able to deal with it now, so I can work on myself, make sure my health is great, so I surpass it. So could I ask, why didn't you know? Because it changes all the time. So I I knew about, like, it was going to be young, but now I know it's 40 years old. That's yeah. amazing. So that's a lot higher, but I know that's I. That's st- like nearly double. That's fifteen that's years. Old, but I still know it's going to be hard. I know I'm going to hit. I want to get into those eighties. So you guys, I mean, it's not fair. Why can't I get into eighties? Exactly. Like, I know there's a CF person who's seventy-five years old today in America. So like, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. You just got to have the right treatments. I mean, it's amazing. They they've lasted to seventy-five because it wasn't even diagnosed till like thirty odd years ago. Oh my god. But yeah, I know. You just got to keep on top of treatments. Like exercise is a massive thing. Like um, I'm not sure if you heard of Ben Mudge or Josh or um, who else is there? Sophie Grace Holmes. All these uh, basically on social media or Instagram, I came across these CF warriors. Like in our community, we call ourselves warriors because like this is condition. You have to be a warrior to deal You're with it. You're fighting it, yeah. Yeah. So there's these amazing people that I follow online and my brother included who do these amazing challenges to raise money for cystic fibrosis, and they most of them. Um, Use use sports as a way of like almost bringing awareness to other CF people to make sure you do your treat uh, do exercise as a part of your treatments. Mm. So they they do loads of them are personal trainers and stuff wow. like that. There's their lifestyle, 
And my brother's just become a personal trainer at 20, 20 years old. But yeah, they use sports as their thing. Like my brother did a 83 mile paddleboard and he went all the way and he went from the Bahamas to Florida back in June. And like no, no CF person has done that distance. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And like this guy, Josh, I'm following online. He's just done 200 mile uh, cycle, 100 mile, oh, 160 mile run and a 21 mile swim in five days without sleep. And he just completed it this morning, got to Cardiff. Oh my God, I couldn't even do that. I was just like, this guy's crazy. That's but like, he's, he's raised over 18,000 last time I checked this morning for oh CF, like incredible. I love that though. I love that, you know, yeah. you're told something by society and like doctors and parents, but you're like, no, I'm not I could do better yet. than a normal person. Yeah, like they they have some fire in their belly i think cf patients do like so do you feel like your life expectancy affects your decisions though because from what it sounds like you are like that's not my life expectancy no. i'm definitely gonna live longer yeah so do you feel like it doesn't really make a difference it's just in you to just be keep pushing yeah keep pushing because i do like, the thing is what's really hard is uh so because uh, of my diabetes uh, i've been told it affects your kidneys more so I have a, uh, at the moment, I, I'm having to keep an eye on my kidneys. So I'm having to be very good with my insulin because if I don't, my kidneys can fail uh, or not fail, but just get worse. And I, I've always been told that with CF, there's a risk of you having a lung, uh, lung transplant. There's always the risk. Yeah. So as I've seen, a lot of people have had lung transplants. That's what happened with Claire and then she went. Yeah. And usually they have double lung transplant and then they get a bit better but you never recover fully. I mean, I've only know. I don't know many people who have it really, and you, when they do have it, it's usually it's a hard one to take because you you have Is to. Is it keep more fighting. like to prolong? Pre yeah, it's just to just to look. I I don't want to say it, but like just to help for a few more years and. But it's I've never I can't speak on it that much because I've not had it. Right. But I don't want like that's nothing I ever want. Like it just sounds horrific thing to go for, through as well. And like, I know it's just a scar, but like you have scars down your chest. And I've seen photos like you get pretty, it's pretty brutal what they do, to, like what they have to do to get your lungs out. And like there's a risk, like there's obviously a risk with like you dying and stuff because it is your lungs. Well, that's what happened with Claire Wine and she had, I don't know if it was a double lung transplant. I feel like it was a double. Yeah. And then she went into a stroke and then yeah, she passed. Awful. It's really horrible. I, and the thing is, I know because she couldn't afford to have it and she had never asked to like, do you know, like in America, they do GoFundMe's and stuff yeah. like that. She had never asked for money for, from the public and she was literally crying on a YouTube video, like saying, can you please donate? Like, this is gonna like change my life. This is what we've been working for. And then for that to happen, I think it was just so heartbreaking, especially for like the community that watches her, for that to happen and everyone to be so invested. And then obviously, you know, but then everyone has their timing as well. And she lived such an amazing life. And just like the people that you're talking about, she did so much. Yeah, I think it is incredible what these people do. And using social media, people always say it's such a bad thing, such a brilliant thing in the terms of giving awareness. Because mm. like, as for example, you, Jenny, you wouldn't have known I had CF. Like, it just brings people closer. I had no sense. idea. And like, it just like awareness more, educate more. Instagram is, and Facebook are probably the best things I'm using at the moment to try and not be an advocate, but like give awareness at least. So people right. understand it more. So people don't judge because people get it wrong. And so like growing up, I was always, t I was a joke of the class from the boys, from the teachers even, saying I was a smoker. And like, that's quite, like, it, like for me to be told that I'm a, it's 
almost like as if it's your fault oh like <laughs> to be like i'm never allowed to even go near a cigarette even and it was so, so horrible being told like oh you have a smoker's cough like i can't help my cough i just like i have to cough several times a day it's my cough like yeah and like that's terrible because the difference is like someone that is a smoker and someone that they doesn't choose smoke it, it they, they choose have, it and right. they have good lungs to start with exactly whereas i don't so yeah. i'm having to try and get better lungs than yeah. a smoker so it's quite hard in that sense being told that oh you have smokers like even my um diabetes patch here mm-hmm. i was told at a festival a few weeks ago by um my chef that i was working with she's like oh is it a nicotine patch i'm like no like i'm not see a this is the thing it's crazy that people as people judge you on face value and everyone thinks i'm smoked just because of my vo- uh, my voice my cough and my uh, nic- uh it's crazy. not nicotine patch but my circle disc of my freestyle it's because no one no one is aware like yeah. i had no clue i mean i would never judge that on face value you probably would never even pop into my head because but but that for that to be the first thing that people think as opposed to oh my gosh maybe it has something to do with something else it just shows how like programmed our society is and what we're looking at yeah. and the things that we're actually bringing awareness to so when you were younger did you know your life expectancy no so i was i remember the moment i found out like cf die because i wasn't i think my mum and dad tried to hide that you could like they've always told us growing up to me and my brother um in 20 20 years time they'll find a cure grace and jack and like, we've always been told that's our that's our thing to do our dreamers we got 20 just keep your lungs in a good state and once you get the cure you'll be normal you'll be you just be won't have to do these treatments that's what we've been told so when i was 13 i i used to be a uh, like a uh, competitive swimmer i'd say i went seven times a week swimming like it was our thing because i exercise was so good so we used to get up at 5 a.m and i remember sitting on the kitchen table eating my breakfast and like on TV, on morning TV, they put these stories on and there was a cystic fibrosis story of a 13 year old girl and I was 13 as well, who died from her condition. I never knew that CF people die that young. So I was like completely mortified and heartbroken because I was like, oh my God, I'm 13 as well. Oh and it was quite, I, 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 I mean, I did cry at the time, but like I had to ask my mum and she was like, yeah, gross, people, people do die, but don't worry because you're really good with your health at the moment don't worry it's not gonna be you you like just work in treatments and your health and your exercise and you'll be fine and you've got it's only a few more years until they find a cure but like I still because I can relate to the girl because she was so young I was just like how could a 13 year old girl die and for it's been such a shock because you weren't aware as well that this even happens yeah I know people got ill from CF but I just never came into my mind at 13 like oh yeah you can die from it as well like so so young like I mean 25 years but like this 13 13 is so young so that's not even it's not even a life no it's it's that's hard so your family because your mum sounds like an amazing person amazing yeah like how do they cope with it because it must be quite difficult especially to like they've never really encountered this yeah i think my mum was quite shocked when it i was first diagnosed i think she was quite upset my dad i think um because they it wasn't neither of them to ever but i never blame either of them because they both had the genetic uh the gene um they both not to blame but they both had it so they can't blame one another so they they both could support each other and they knew it together that they they could they could like support each other it's kind of just an unfortunate circumstance like it's so random for two people with the gene but my mum i remember my mum always is told by the doctor when i first had those 
prevent, prevent, prevent. That's what my mum always says to me. Just prevent it, because Grace, she's always like, Grace, just make sure you do treatments, everything. Like, you got this. Like, I just remember my mum always was like, my mum, like, I, I, my mum's an astonishing woman, because my, my mum uh, decided to be a stay-at-home mum for me and my brother. Like, she wanted to do a lot more, but she sacrificed what she wanted to do as a career for to look after me and my brother, because we had to go to hospital for weeks on end, like, every few years go to it's hospital. It's not a part-time job. And we had to go to hospital hospitals every few months for, for checkups. We had to do a lot of treatments, so she had to make sure we did our treatments. Oh and both kids, like, so my parents had to really work hard to get, because, like, all the hours in the day, they had to do two kids. It's not one kid, it's two kids. Yeah. That's a lot of treatments and responsibility. Because yeah. you have to make sure you do them. Like, yeah, of course. So, e- so easy, like, even taking my tablets or food, like, to forget, like, I still today, I'm like, did I take it on my me? Oh, like, no. Because it's so familiar. Yeah. I, do, I forget sometimes that I've taken it. Like, yeah. I'm like that with tablets, and then I'm like, let me not take another one so I don't overdose. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so now that you're old enough and, and you kind of take this own responsibility for it, do you still find your mum checking up on you yeah. making sure that you're yeah. getting everything done um i think my mum's backed off now since i went to university a few years ago she's definitely backed off but because i moved back home recently after my hospital stay um yeah she's, she's like she i think i can see her watching and like because i take insulin now more she's like have you taken your insulin and like all this it must be hard because i like even remember like because i had such bad asthma when I was younger my mum was really clingy of me and very on top of like don't smoke don't do this don't do that to the point where it was a bit suffocating to me and I kind of felt like I needed to go out and like take responsibility for my own life and like live without like my mum constantly being there as much as I appreciate it but you know when you get to that stage where you want to feel like an adult yeah you want to have the responsibility yeah you want to have the responsibility so it must like I'm sure of course you appreciate it your mum's a superhero But was there ever that point where you were like, okay, it's time for me to... Yeah. To, me and my know. brother felt it definitely growing, especially teenagers. I feel like we knew we were old enough, but I feel I feel like when you just have... It's not nagging, but I could class it as just like constant, like, have, yeah. you, do, have you done your physio? Have you done your hypertonic? Have you done your creons? Yeah. It's quite a Until lot. the time you don't do it, and then you're like, damn it. And then, yeah, <laughs> she was right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, but yeah, I mean, I think... And so how's your dad coping with it as well? I think my dad's really good as well. Um, I think my dad's more of a quieter one. He he doesn't... I think he backs off in the sense of he doesn't... He's more into me. He, he's more... He's a bit quieter with, like, telling... My mum does the treatments. My dad's the one with the exercise. My dad's all, okay. like, in my gross have Because I... I mean, I have to be honest, I haven't really done any, like, physical exercise properly in the last month since I left hospital. I used to be part of the gym. Because I moved back home to my parents, like, I'm not going to blame it on where I live, but, like, we live in, like, this remote little area, like, nothing, like, I have to get the bus to get anywhere, and it's only a few times a day, so it's pretty hard to get anywhere. So it's not London. Yeah, I don't don't drive as well. Oh, no. So, it's, yeah, I mean, I could go for runs, I know I will, because I know my dad will be listening, like, Grace, go for a run. So I definitely will get back into exercise, but, yeah, he's the one saying... Because he knows exercise is so important. Like my brother's a PT because he knows exercise is so good right, for him. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely know that I should do my exercise. My oh, I have my dad in my ear all the time saying that my mum's That's a treatment. That's so lovely. It's like your parents are like your guardian angels, kind mm. of. You know, you've yeah. got like both of them behind you supporting you. Like yeah, you must be so appreciated. They just sound like amazing people. Yeah. Very selfless, I think. To, yeah. I mean, of course you you would want to do that for your child anyway. Mm. 
but for them, for like your mother to give up a working life. Yeah. Like it's just, and they must be so proud of you too as well. Cause yeah. you guys do so much and just the way you live your life is just so inspiring as mm -hmm. well. And I'm sure it's like, you get tired of hearing inspiring because you want to kind of, there's a sense of normalcy that you kind of want to have, yeah. but you are inspiring because what you do is hard and you, you, you can't neglect the fact that, that, that the lifestyle is hard. Yeah, it's because I've no, not known any different. Because right. I was three years old, I don't remember before that. I don't yeah. remember everything like that. But like, even now I've sort of, I just, I just accept it more like, I'm not angry with my condition anymore. Like I just am more accepting of like life and like what things I could do now since I have like, almost, so for example, social media, I've started becoming, uh, giving awareness and educating on a few facts. Like I'm not forcing it down people's throat. I'm just giving it in sort of a positive light. Cause I feel like when you balance lightheartedness with giving education, it's a great way right. and a platform. So like Instagram's amazing and Facebook, like, people would not people have like contacted me like privately and like did not have a clue I had this growing up and like that's the best thing because I would never want to be called, labeled the sick one right yeah and like I met someone recently like um I was working a job and he was like oh like um you're always so positive like I would never have guessed and I was like I'd rather be remembered for being positive than anything else yeah because I like, who wants to be miserable about the condition and blame it like exactly. oh, CF I hate it like I'd rather be like CF I got you I'm on top of you like you're not throwing any more curveballs I'm just on top of you like this is not gonna happen to me like I'm not dying young from this. Like. I love that. That is yeah. so nice. Like literally, that's the first, when I first met you, I was just like, yeah, she's just this really bubbly, energetic, friendly girl. And then obviously when I went onto your social media, then I realized, and I felt like, it's gonna sound like so cliche, but I feel like the world kind of like brought us together because I had yeah. such a powerful impact from Claire. Yeah. And then she, she left and then I was like, but I feel like this, CF education isn't over for me. And then you came into my life and I was like, oh my God, it's like it was meant to be. Yeah. It's so crazy. And even like when you're posting on social media, like when you're doing your treatments and you're dancing and you're singing. Yeah, I try and make it like really positive and like funny in the sense of like, it's not a horrible thing to like, I don't want to make people down when they watch me. And like when I put my um, Freestyle Libre uh, uh, diabetes patch in my arm, I did, I did the push it song, you know, salt and pepper. Like, yeah. I was thinking, let's think of something, to something funny. Like, cause no one wants to see someone push it in the arm. It's a bit boring. I was, like, let's make this funny. And then people will listen to it and educate. Right, yeah. Yeah. But I couldn't put it on Facebook cause it was copyright, but Instagram fine for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like to change people's perspective as well. Cause like you said, everyone, when they hear an illness, they think sad, but to change it and think positive and happy, then I feel like that almost changes your motivation as well. Because instead of being stuck in this sadness kind of atmosphere and everyone's looking at you as if like, you're the girl that's ill. Now people are looking at you like, you're the girl that's positive And you're like, yeah, yeah I can beat this. Like this is gonna be perfectly fine. Yeah, and I feel like posting and sharing has given me so much more confidence. I think I have to thank my brother Jack for back when in January, when he posted his story that he was gonna do that challenge for the paddleboard. Like he put his treatment, like he's like, a boy and like for him as a teenager to put this story online and to have all his friends that never really knew that it's CF and like he did so well and everyone was so positive and reached out to him I was like you know I can do this and it's not a thing to hide away from like I always I always hid CF like it was just something even from my family I don't ever show them like my stay in hospital or my treatments I don't like to but I'm definitely 
know it's the way forward to give education because otherwise people will get up the wrong end of the stick and they won't understand it. Whereas if I'm putting these videos out there, then I know I'm making a difference, I feel. Yeah. Definitely. Could I ask? Ooh. It literally just pops into my head, so feel free to not answer it because I didn't okay. put it in the questions. But when it comes to building like relationships and like love life, oh. <laughs> is that something that uh, you get yeah. into or not really? Well, um, I've never been, I've never had a boyfriend. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, d- I don't blame CF for any of that, but I feel like with a, with a disability, because it is a disability, cystic fibrosis, um, it's always there in the back of my mind, if I have a life expectancy, why would anyone want to be with me? Because then, because like, also I've got the impact of like, if you have CF, if you're a male, like you can't really have kids, like there's a 99% chance you can't have kids. Oh really? So they usually that. have to go down IVF, and then with the girls, um, you have to have kids younger. Because right. it affects your lungs a lot more, right. and there's complications. So I'm aware of that. So I've always got the time in the back of my head, like have kids young, but like I'm also on the other hand of like, if I don't, if I didn't live long, I just don't find it fair for someone else. Right. So I always like sort of I, I almost put like this barrier up because I'm just like I don't think anyone would want to get to know me in that way. And I spoke to my friends recently. I was like, I'm not sure if a guy would actually like me if they like looked on my profile and seen all these videos. I'm not sure if anyone would be like, I'm not. Not that CF is like, I feel, but I spoke, I don't know how to describe it. Like, would someone want me if they had cystic fibrosis? But then they were like, at least it's out there and they got, you got it off your chest. You don't have to ask the questions if you have it online. That's what I feel like. I feel like because you're not keeping anything and you're sharing it with the world, essentially, I feel like, and for that very reason that you're sharing with the world, like when anyone clicks on your page, like, Grace, they're not going to like you. They're going to fucking love you. Like, when I look at your page, I'm like, you're such an amazing person. And that's not because of your illness. That's just because you're an amazing person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just like I see that, there's probably thousands of other people that click on your page and think the exact same thing. Yeah. And I think if love and a relationship is something that you want and someone is coming into that situation fully aware of the repercussions, then there shouldn't be you should just let that barrier down. If that's something that you would really like and like that person really wants that as well, as long as they're informed and they know, so yeah. there's no trickery going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, then I, I think it's the most yeah. beautiful. Like but you're then, such an amazing but the, person. But the other thing is, the other thing, uh, we didn't actually speak on it. Do you know the five feet apart thing? Yeah. Like it was this love like story. There's so many people and like, you know how, uh, it's sort of a bit like kryptonite. You know how Superman, like, is his kryptonite? Yeah. Another CF patient to another C- CF patient is like kryptonite. You can't go near right. each other. But it's a temptation, like Adam and Eve, like, you're the temptation. Yeah. It brings you together because you've got the same issues. Yeah. So, like, lots of CF people have got together, and lots of CF patients have died together. And they're still, they get really ill, they're all in hospital together. Like, there's a lot of people that bring, but I know my, me and my brother, my brother's in a serious relationship. But if we were ever in the situation, we would never be with someone. I personally can't. I would just, even if I was falling in love with them somehow online, I know that it's not worth it because right. it's not fair. Like, it's not fair for my family who fought for me for so many years to, like, not give up, but in the sense you have because you've chosen a life where you're not going to live long because of, yeah, of it. Of and it, it's just another thing. Like, yeah, I completely get that perspective. So I never, I know I'm never going to be with a CF person. I can't. I can imagine it being quite hard, though, for, like, people that... Mm that have thought that maybe they wouldn't and then because like you said there's that attraction there because first of all you're not allowed to be with them and you relate Mm. it must be really hard it must be like 
getting your heart broken even though you didn't know that it could be broken in that way you know yeah like that must be incredibly difficult so if you what's the most frustrating people frustrating thing that people say about cf or think about cf or assume about you apart from the smoking um well recently like someone assumed that my life expectancy was a lot lower Oh, really? And I was like, I mean, it was on a night out, but like, I just, I don't know. You know, when you're just drunk, you just come out. Like I mentioned. Do people talk to you a lot about life expectancy? No, it was like the first time. Oh. I said it to this random person. <laughs> I was just like, told him my whole life story that I met on a festival thing. And I was like, oh yeah, like my life expectancy is at the 40 thing. And then, because he was just, um, he saw my thing online about the CF. And then um, I, another person I knew, she was like, oh yeah, I thought it was a lot lower. So that's the straighty thing is when people assume that I d- I not that yeah that I'm not gonna live that long basically and they assume the, the worst of me and the other thing I find frustrating is obviously the smoking thing people are thinking my voice but I can't affect like I have a nasally voice like what am I supposed to do I've already have sinus issues of the CF as well like yeah. I'm always like I'm already like on the risk of having treatment to have my nose see surgery. I didn't think that your life expectancy was lower I, I didn't even realize that you had cystic fibrosis at all like because you're yeah. so like to just the naked eye you're a very healthy person very yeah. bubbly very energetic so to anyone that would just walk past you on the street mm. i think they wouldn't even expect it at all yeah and like also with like the cough and everything i know people uh, my flatmate last year she was like i could tell if you're in the co- like i did costume and she's like i could tell if you're in the room because i could hear your cough i have a, i have a very distinct i'd say a, like a powerful like it's not a weak cough it's like a good cough because i i know all cf patients i can actually work out I, I, I know I can. I can work out when I'm in the hospital who has CF. Really? You can hear the... It's pronounced. It's like... I don't know how to... Only a CF person knows this, but you know it. Really? Like a CF yeah, I cough. I have a you cough. <coughs> it's like oh, a, yeah, I have a you cough. <laughs> yeah, it's like a distinct cough. Like, right. it's not a weak... It's like a proper cough. You, if you go for a cough, you go for it. Really? In a sense. So, yeah, it's annoying when people, like... I mean, I, it's sort of my giveaway. Like, the parents are, like, in the shopping centre, they're like, where's Grace? And they hand me cough, and they're like, oh, there she is. Yeah, so people are, like... It's like Marco cough. Polo. It's like my... It's my thing, like, flag. That can, if I'm missing. You should be proud of it. That's yeah. Right. I but fair. I used to be, like, embarrassed in class and try and hold it in. That's the, Holding oh in a cough's God. the worst. Like, and then it gets uh, tickly. And, and, like, when I'm on trains, I always, like... Um, I get embarrassed, and then I go... And then I have to jump off, because I think I'm going to have, like... A panic attack because I can't hold it in. Oh my God. Uh, it's embarrassing. The cough is the most annoying thing. I find. You should just fuck it. Don't hold it in. Like it's yeah. natural. Everyone coughs. And like also like to be like it's disgusting. But like the mucus issue. Like if I need to cough it up, it's disgusting. And like thinking about it, where are you supposed to do it if you're in public? I've had mm. to adapt. Mm. Like, I can usually bring tissues. But, like this disgusting to talk about. Like, no, no. I take tissues with me because I can cough up. Right. I pretend I'm like this is a clever way I do it. I've told the hospital I get. I pretend I'm sneezing, and then I just spit into the tissue. Because if I have my hand over, you can't tell where it's. Do you make on. the sneezing noise? No, I just. Like, oh. <laughs> I blow my nose. I put, I somehow do it at the same time. Wow. People just think I'm like blowing my nose and like you know. That's mad. That's so crazy. Yeah. I have a horrible sneeze and a horrible cough. I've got a cough right now, not because I'm ill, but just yeah. because I've had this cough for ages. Mm. And um, I've my sneeze is like one of those horrible, like, you know those sneezes that sound like you're spraying, but you're not spraying. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those. It's really bad. Um, so um, if you could explain one thing about CF, what would it be? Oh, gosh, that's quite a question. Um... I mean, I know there's like so many things that you would like want to, 
say but if you if you had met a complete stranger and they said like uh i have this this warped vision of cf I, i'm not quite entirely sure what it entails what would you or what would you say um, about cf it's, people it's not a disadvantage I think I think because you know it's labelled disability. It's not disability. It's an ability. We have ability to adapt to situations. We have ability to oh, the that. determination. We have we have. I think every CF patient has so much more going for them because of the CF. Like, and it doesn't CF doesn't define you, but in the sense it does because it gives you this platform, this power, and this ability to to do. I think every CF person does more with their life because oh 100 because they know they got you got one life you live it well like i mean but i know i'm gonna live it well i'm gonna live it properly i know what i want to do so yeah that's the one thing like for me is like anyone i've met that knows their life expectancy and i say knows because we all have a life expectancy Mm. like i feel i personally believe we all have a day yeah my day could be tomorrow and i don't have cf but it's just how it is like yeah you, you you have a timeline um, and I think the people that are aware of their timeline live so much better than the people that aren't. And I don't know if that's because- Cause I'm not a, scared. Is that what it, I was gonna say? Maybe it's because there's a pressure there to to really do something with this amount of time that you have. But that's a really good way of putting it is that you're not, you have nothing to be scared of because you've already been faced with the scariest thing a human yeah. could be, be, could yeah. think of, you know? Cause like in life, humans are programmed to survive. Yeah. You know, the only thing we know Survive to do the is the fittest this. in sense. Exactly. So like... So if that barrier has already been broken down for you, mm. then in a sense, there's not really anything in your way. You can just really focus on what you have to do now. Exactly. Nothing, uh, nothing like... I mean, obviously things do, like, I get a bit scared of certain things and, like, the inevitable, like, having to... Like, it does... Every time I go to hospital for treatment, I always get nervous, like... I mean, I just don't like the feeling of being trapped in a room for two weeks. Even though you're allowed out a few times a day, you're stuck to a hospital bed to have IVs in your mm. arm. And, like, it's just knowing that. But, yeah, I'm just not scared about death or anything because it's just silly, like... Do you know what? I always tell people I'm not scared of death either and no one ever believes me. And I'm like, honestly, I have such a contentment with... I feel like it'd be more of a relief yeah. than... Like, and that's not to say that I want to die. I don't want to, but I'm okay with it. Mm. you know like I feel like it's the most natural thing in the world and when you're at peace with everything I think you're just so much happier and like just like not being scared of it like I know so many people are just scared that's their biggest fear and I'm like why? and it's so strange because it happens every single day it's really it's as normal as birth you know Mm. but it's still there's this crazy amount of fear towards it I mean of course no one wants to go painfully like that's no but then it's not the death itself that I feel like we should be afraid of, you know? It's yeah, so it's not natural. living. Yeah. Because if I don't live, I, if I don't do all the things I want to do, it's just like, I think that's more heartbreaking than death itself, really. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, yeah, because like even now, like, I haven't told you, Janet, but like a month ago, I was told by the hospital to not sacrifice my career, but in the sense, not have a full-time job. And even though I've graduated, not going to full-time, because I physically can't do my treatments in time. I have to do extra treatments now in the daytime of inhaled medication, so I can't have a full-time job. Because jobs... So the hospitals actually tell you that? Yeah, I was told by my doctors, like, I would I would give advice, they said, for, and um, ask you, really, to not consider going for a full-time job because you can't do your treatments. It's not fair. Because I get tired. Like, universities... Like, university took it out of me, and I feel like 
I went to hospital six times during university over three years, which is like, it takes about two, three weeks out of your every time. And like to get back and trying to recover is really hard with your university work. And like, it's just, it's a hard, I remember it was so hard during university. And to try and do that with a job as well, like an employer, why would they want someone who is missing out on work for two, three weeks at a time? when they could have someone that does it all the time and someone who could do all their treatment, uh, someone who could do all the work mm-hmm. and stay for like 12-hour days rather than someone like you can't, who could do six-hour days. They wouldn't want that person. Well, I think it depends because sometimes the value of that person is much greater than yeah. the time you can have. Because like, I know for myself, I would like to have my own business. And, yeah. and like for me, to have someone like you, because I know what you're capable of, I've seen your work. Mm. And the value of it to me is much more important even if that means you're only on a part-time basis, but yeah. you're in a company that I know you're f- fulfilling your potential. Mm. I think even approach, like it's better to ask yeah. and approach the company rather than write it off straight away and be like, you're not gonna want me. Because yeah. you, you never know, you might be surprised. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna yeah. be easy. It'll probably be a bit, a bit harder because of what you're yeah. saying. Well, I've been advised to try and go down the freelance sort of option. Yeah, that's a good, that's but, a good um, choice. So yes, I'm starting at the moment, I've been doing some embroidery and stuff, and I'm in the hospital, at the Royal Brompton Hospital, they have, um, on their Sydney Street campus, they have this cafe, and I'm gonna start selling my embroidery in the hospital, and give some, obviously, to, to Stick Fibrosis Charity. Oh, that's amazing. But yeah, but like, I th- I'm definitely gonna start um, using my CF and trying to sell my work, but giving a proportion to CF. Because, like, I want a cure as much as everyone else, so I'm going to make yeah, sure. Like, I even though, it, like, people, when they do fundraisers for CF, and my friends do it, they're like, Grace, why have you given money? You shouldn't have to, because you've got CF. I'm like, I want the cure. I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care, like, giving, like, 50 pounds, it's fine, like. That's amazing. So, if we wanted to find your work, speaking of your work, where can we find it? What, what type of work? Me as a person on my Instagram, or me as a... Both. Uh, so it's let me check actually. I think it's uh, Grace Charles Cox on my Instagram. I, let me just can I just check? Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, I'm gonna say that in my name. Yeah, it's Grace underscore Charles underscore Cox. Is um, that for your normal Instagram where, okay. where you find all my um, awareness on CF for all that? Right. And then my normal uh, embroidery sort of couture work that I want to go into professionally is Grace Charles underscore couture. Perfect, and I've seen your work personally, and it's amazing. Like, I was looking at those um, because you did costume design. You know the period dresses. Oh yeah, amazing. Oh thank you. Like I don't even know how you do it. Like it's it's absolutely mind blowing to me because I'm not that talented. So <laughs> like I hold my hands up. It's just you're so talented and so amazing. Um, and because we're talking about Claire Wineland a lot, if anyone wants to go look, I think she has Claire Wineland Foundation and she does the Clarity, Pro- well, her family run the Clarity Project and she's done some TED Talks as well, um, in, in case anyone was wondering. And yeah, I think that's it, unless there's anything else. I'm quite proud of that, so thank you yeah. so much. Honestly, right. I really appreciate you coming on here and being so vulnerable to talk about it as well, because yeah. it can't be an easy thing to, to open up so much of your life and to really be so transparent about it so thank you